I needed that. There you go. I'm I'm down for that. I think that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. If you're looking for anything in return when it comes to forgiveness, then you're not truly forgiving deep down inside. Now we're doing the research to see, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the hot flashes causing it? Or is it, you know, you're just having hot flashes because you're higher risk for these other things because you have poor blood flow. I needed that. Welcome to the I Needed That Podcast. I'm Matthew Blaze. And I'm Chris Powell. And we're back. We're reunited for the very first I Needed That Podcast of 2024. Welcome to the new year, my friend. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. I didn't I didn't know if we'd make it, but we were here. <laughs> I know here we are. We're still and we're still going. And we we're are going still strong. Going. And I know. We have an unbelievable podcast to kick things off here in 2024. We're gonna spend the next 45 minutes with a dude named Kevin. Uh, how did you meet Kevin? Man, so okay, crazy story. I actually I was at a um, it was at a dinner gala for uh, it's a, Hope Gives Mental Health or a foundation is what they are, and it's all it's all it's a nonprofit to provide uh, mental health therapy counseling for people that simply can't afford it. And I mean, they are backed up, and so I mean, it's like what they're doing is really incredible. And we're sitting at the same table, and we spark up a conversation. And we're talking back and forth. He starts telling me a little bit about his story, but also I I didn't realize at the time he was. The main speaker of the event as well. Isn't that the and best? So, yes. You're always sitting with the keynoter. Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're Kevin Hines. Oh my gosh! And it's it's the most incredible story of mental meant for mental health, but for hope. And I'll tell you straight up, purpose, purpose, and a higher power, a calling. This man is supposed to be here on Earth, and when you hear his story, you will know why. It is absolutely moving and I, I i mean within 10 minutes of the conversation i was just thinking brother you need a platform and the world needs to know your story because it's beautiful and i think and his message can help millions of people who really really need it i don't want to give away too much but this is just hang on to your seats because this is going to be an action-packed 40 minutes okay well, yeah, we're going to welcome in kevin here incredible. in just one second i want to what yeah really quick hold yes. on before we go any further so I'm I'm flipping through. I'm just browsing on my computer and everything, and I I, I jump over to MSN.com, and I see an article me here? with you in it as yeah, uh-huh. the, one of the top 16 podcasters to listen to. Oh, look at this, huh, brother? 16 compelling podcasters you need to hear, and lo and behold, there I am. Boom! Look, at, look at this. Yeah, it's nice to get a little kiss like that well, when you're working your ass off. I took a little screenshot and I sent it <laughs> off to you. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for saying. throwing it on there. Uh, That's amazing. Congratulations, thanks, dude. Dude, I mean, well, well deserved. I mean, honestly, it's, you are one of the most entertaining people to listen to. I mean, for years, you know, I, of course, I listened to you on the radio, yeah. and man, it's just you're you're so good. You're so good. You're We're so, so good, man. Oh, we have fun. Come That's on. for sure. I was going to say, heads up to this dude whose app, the Kept app, is out now. It's, it's, tra- it's changing lives. It's transforming people. And I just encourage everybody to, to jump on that app store and oh, download you. it. You're two weeks into it now. How are you feeling? I feel great. People are, people are st- actually starting to understand it. They get it. They get the fact that it's not about diet and exercise. If you focus on keeping your promises to yourself, everything else falls into place. Okay. So it's, it's been awesome, and the feedback's been great. And honestly, we're on the, we're, this is the very first steps to completely revolutionizing 
the whole concept of weight loss and transformation because it's, again, nothing to do with diet and exercise. Change you know, focus on your promises and everything else. Again, everything else will take care of itself. Uh, so. we'll, we'll find out what Kevin has to say yes. about keeping promises. Uh, I want to bring him into the conversation right now. Look at him. He's got his rock, no bull uh, hoodie on. How are you this morning, Kevin? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Matthew, Chris, nice to see you. Thank you for having me. It means the world. Oh, dude. Oh. Happy New Year to you. We're so glad you're, you're the very January. first guest of 2024. Yeah. What does that honor feel baby. like? <laughs> it feels incredible. It's a blessing and a gift. <laughs> Bro, you made it here. You made yeah. it here. That's, that's what really matters, man. It's so good to see you again. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Again. Hey, how's my hair? How's my hair? It looks, it looks beautiful, good. man. You, you got a little something out of place up there. Just a second. <laughs> I always tell people I'm having a bad hair life. Uh, you know, that's what I'm having, a bad hair life. Some people have, like this guy, he does, he can't relate to anything you and I are talking about, right? Because he's got perfect chiseled hair oh, all the stop. time. But yeah, for, for those of us who struggle in that department, it is certainly... Uh, something, man, let's listen. We got 40 minutes. I want to respect okay. your time. And there's so Thank many you. things we could talk about. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to know, what did you say on that stage that day that he met you at the gala? What, what words came out of your mouth that made people go, holy crap. I think part of what I said, a couple of things I'll say is that I said that the middle of the second, my hands left the rail. It was an instantaneous regret for my actions and the absolute understanding that I just made the greatest mistake of my life, and I thought it was too late. To give you context for listeners who don't know, in the year 2000, I leapt off the Golden Gate Bridge to try to take my life because of bipolar depression, the same brain disease both my biological parents had before me. I talked about my infancy, my traumatic infancy in, in foster care. I talked about my brother passing away. Um, but I talked importantly about something, about how we have to, as human beings in today's day and age, Find a way, old and young, to unsilence our pain, unburden ourselves, and tell the truth about our pain to one person willing to empathize because a pain shared is a pain halved. A pain shared is a pain halved. And there's a school of thought among some people that say, that say keep your pain to yourself. That's your problem. I completely disagree with that school of thought. The more you keep your struggles, strife, pain, and battles to yourself – the more they will destroy you. They will burden you. They will bury you. Um, and, and, and they can lead to terrible things. But if you unburden yourself and tell your truth to someone who cares, to someone who holds a, a piece of empathy for you in their hearts um, and listens to understand, not to respond, you can change a life forever. Mm. So take wow. us uh, back to that day, and you said it was, was the year 2000? And if, if you wouldn't mind, just because I know a little bit of his backstory – could you take us a little bit further back and just sure. tell us what led to that moment? And then from that moment on, because, and you know, we're just going to sit back and I think, I think everyone just needs to hear this story. So okay. please, Kevin, right. take it away, brother. Well, let, as, let's go back to the very beginning, the time I was born, born to beautiful biological parents, Marcia and Martino, who tragically, after they had me and my brother, 10 months apart, my older brother, uh, they succumbed to substance use disorder, alcohol, and drugs. And we lived in abject poverty. We existed in and out of crack motels. We had nothing. We had no one. 
And in order for them to keep a roof over our heads, which you paid on the hour by the hour in these crack motels, they had to go out and do score and sell drugs. That was our life. And one day, one very seedy motel clerk made what I call his most unseedy decision. He heard our screams and cries of such neglect one too many times, and he called the police and Child Protective Services. And they came in, and they barreled down the door, and they swooped my brother and I up, smelling sour and putrid of our own filth from that neglect. And they placed us directly into the foster care system, a broken system then, a broken system today. And we bounced around from home to home with one idea, that he and I were to be adopted together. But that's not what happened. We both got very sick in a foster home. We both got bronchitis and he died. I immediately developed a severe detachment disorder from reality and abandonment issues that follow me until today. And so when that happened, uh, after my brother passed away, uh, I ended up bouncing around to about five more homes. And I get into the home of Peter and Deborah Muller. Now, Peter was an Army man, often having to be restationed. Debbie was a housewife. They were a transitional home for kids, multiple kids in their home at the same time, boys and girls of all ages, pandemonium. But they were the first foster parents to ever properly take care of me. And they loved their foster children like they were their own. They just couldn't keep them for very long. And one fateful day, a lovely young woman named Deborah Joan Hines walked in their door. And you know my last name, so this works out. Spoiler alert. So Debbie Hines walks in the mother's home, but she's not looking for a little boy. She's looking for a little girl to take home. Instead, she sees me with my then wavy auburn red curly hair, and she, and she said that was the moment she fell in love. And she went back to Patrick Kevin Hines, my eventual namesake, and said, let's take the kid in. He needs us. And they took me in at nine months of age, but there was a big problem. I was violently ill all day, every day for the next 30 days. And no doctor could tell Pat and Debbie what was wrong with the new-to-be son until one specialist came forward and said, Patrick, Deborah, there's nothing physically wrong with this child. It's all emotional, nine months of age. But that wasn't the whole truth. They had been, My birth parents had been feeding us only what they could steal from birth. Kool-Aid, Coca-Cola, and sour milk was my first diet. So my gut health was ravaged. My brain health was destroyed with the gut-brain connection, which you know a lot about, Chris. And, 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 and so uh, that would affect me for the rest of my life. <clears throat> I have had gut issues my whole life. I've had struggles with food my whole life and um, even lived in high school wrestling with severe eating disorders because it's part of the culture. Um, and the, the coaches are oblivious and – and, and, and they're not doing it purposefully, but it's a very hard thing to do to, to cut weight that quickly. Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, in, in infancy, with those struggles, I had a million-dollar workup on an infant preverbal. I couldn't even talk about the pain I was in. And when, that, when the doctors came back and couldn't figure it out um, – my mom knew, Debbie, she knew she had to just heal it with love. And the unconditional love 
me, my brother, and my sister, who all came from different families into the Heinz family. They adopted three kids from three separate homes into one, making this melting pot of a family. I'm of mixed background. I'm part Jamaican, Black, African, Arawak, Indian, Portuguese, Scottish, Irish, English, and Sephardi Jew, part Mexican and part Italian on my dad's side. Um, my brother's black, my sister's white, Pat and Debbie are Irish and German. And I always say that when people saw us walking down the street, they were confused. <laughs> and, and, they, and, they, and they really were. We, we, had, we had situations where we'd be walking with uh, my, my mom as kids and women would, would like do this like semicircle around us, like some kind of lion pride. And they'd lean in and they'd go like this. And they lean in closer in a very prejudicial tone. They'd say to my mom very bluntly, excuse me, miss, how did all of that happen? To which my mom would look at them and very quickly reply, oh, you know, different fathers, which is, <laughs> which is amazing because it was true. Um, but, but growing up in that household, you know, after my traumatic infancy, I thought, how can anything go sideways from here? I got a maid in the shade. I'll get that in that good school. I'll get that great job. I, I, I got this covered because I've been given what so many young Americans don't get to have opportunity and a chance. Look at Jordash. Jordash had no chance. Jordash had no opportunity, my brother, but I did. And even though I had this great opportunity and this great chance to live a wonderful life at 17, it all came crashing down. My brain broke. I had a complete mental breakdown in front of 1200 people at my high school theater. I was performing in a theater show, playing one of the leads and I had a complete mental breakdown on stage uh, had to be taken home. Uh, they dedicated the rest of the shows to me and my family. Um, and I would start my mental health journey. The problem was, guys, is that, Chris and Matthew, is that I I didn't want to believe when they told me I had bipolar depression. I don't have this flaw. Nothing's wrong with me. I don't have to take pills. And then I started on this medication regimen um, and there was a, a, it was a really tough road filtering through the different medications and changing medications often and shifting focus and, um, and, and not, not owning up to what was going on. I was in complete and total denial, and that denial would last for the next three years. So from 2000 to 2003, I would be in three different psych wards. The first after my leap off the Golden Gate Bridge – after my physical recovery. And you have to understand that 99.9% .9 of the people that have leapt off the Golden Gate Bridge are gone. They never again get to share their stories. 40 people in 87 years of that bridge being open have survived. 40 people. 26 of us remain alive today. Many have died of natural causes or old age. 19 of us have come forward like I did to say they all had the same instant regret that I had the moment their hands left the rail. Why? Because they recognized in that moment that their thoughts did not have to become their actions. They could simply have been their thoughts, that they didn't have to own, rule, or define what they did next. And that's the tool I teach people around the world as I travel and speak on every continent but Antarctica, hopefully someday soon even though it'll be really cold. Um, everywhere I go around the world, translated into every language, I, you know, uh, uh, when, when I share this story and help people understand that I am one of five Golden Gate Bridge Sump survivors 
that can stand, walk, and run. I get to be here. And getting to be here is a privilege and a gift, no matter the pain you might be in. And 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 people don't comprehend that, that they can always survive their pain, no matter their struggle. And I think that what people don't recognize is that pain is inevitable. It's coming for all of us if it hasn't already. But suffering can be optional. It can be a choice. Now, I'm not talking about people that live in war-torn countries or people that have been terrorized or really victimized. I'm talking about the people that live with brain health disorders that instead of fighting their struggle, they choose to suffer in silence and they choose to live in the pain and they choose to to be pitied and pity themselves. I was in that boat, so I know what I'm talking about. What I am trying to say is that you can fight your pain in spite of your pain, despite of your pain to thrive today if you so believe in that possibility. Now, I was born in crack motels. I lived in abject poverty. I was fed Kool-Aid, Coca-Cola, and sour milk. My gut is broken. I leapt off the Golden Gate Bridge. I've been in 10 psych wards days in the last 19 years up till 2019 pre-pandemic. But I am here and I am thriving and I have hope every moment of every single day, no matter the pain I'm in. It's about perspective and perception. If you perceive yourself to be a victim or a sufferer, that is all you will ever be, even if you've been the victim or victimized or if you've actually suffered. If you stay in that space for the rest of your days, you will never overcome your challenges. And I choose the latter to fight to thrive. Wow. I got a question for you before. And, and this is one question before we go back to that day. And when you can talk us through everything that happened, what's the first step someone can take if they're. There? Discover the remarkable journey of anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious or overweight, but John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. There and they're they're they've been victimized. They're traumatized. They're suffering. What would you recommend is the very first step? Because they say, "I don't want to be in this place anymore." But yeah. all these terrible things that have happened to me, and I've heard Kevin talk about the fact that it's about my perspective. But how do I change that perspective? What do they do? Yeah, yeah. So a couple things. I think that um, a, f- a few things actually. Um, the first thing you need to do is, is change your self-talk. What we recite about ourselves, what we repeat about ourselves, that is what we will inherently believe about ourselves. Recite, repeat, believe. Think of what every major faith is built upon. Reciting a prayer, chant, repeating a prayer, chant, believing said prayer or chant. It's scientific. It changes your brain. If you recite and repeat negative, hateful, spiteful, hurtful, mean, rageful, horrible, angry things to yourself, what will you believe? 
Yeah, but converse, isn't it, is, can I just jump in really quick yeah, and also yeah. say with it, but you're dealing with something like bipolar where some of the thoughts aren't your own and they, they you know, or maybe they are, but they just, they, they come in at inopportune times. Uh, what, what, what is directed at a person that may suffer that way? Yeah. So I'm talking about myself as well. I've okay. lived with all of those thoughts. I've yeah, lived yeah. with all those experiences. I had to train my brain to shift my focus. That doesn't mean I still don't go back to that self-loathing. Sure. That doesn't mean I don't have the voices in my head, <clears throat> auditory hallucinations that make me struggle. That doesn't mean I don't have suicidal thoughts, which I still have. I just choose and I've taught myself, and this can be learned, to recite and repeat hopeful, meaningful, kind, compassionate, giving and generous messages to myself with grace and with forgiveness. And when you do that over a long period of time and you choose to make that decision one day at a time, every day, for months at a time, and then end up being years, you end up looking in the mirror and that self-hatred, that self-loathing that has clogged your brain and those voices in your head they dissipate. They may not go away entirely, but they dissipate. And then you have the ability to control your next outcome. And so it, it's it's not simple by any means, it, but it is necessary for change. If you read the book, Conquer Your Critical Inner Voice by Dr. Lisa and Robert Firestone, two friends of mine, you will learn how to conquer that negative thought process. But here's the issue. Your hateful, spiteful, rageful thoughts about yourself don't come from you. You weren't born inherently to hurt yourself like that. That was taught or learned. Somebody hurt you enough with their words or their actions, whether it's bullying at school, which I experienced heavily, or abuse at home or neglect, whatever the issue is, somebody instilled that in you, and that became your self-talk through somebody else. And so to reverse that, you have to A, acknowledge it, then B, take action every single day to reverse those negative patterns. Um, and it's not simple, but it is plausible and possible with hard work. And we'll be right back. Seven days, totally free, kept with Chris Powell. The app is finally out, my man. Oh, man. It has been such a journey getting here. But again, we're, we're just so excited to finally have this platform where anyone can start their journey wherever they're truly ready. I know a lot of people, they're not ready to take on diet and exercise and all that. But the thing is, we take a step back from all that and we focus. We're changing the conversation about transformation to focus on keeping your promises. And so select where you, wherever you want to begin. It's kind of like choose your own journey, right? I love that. And you could, you could choose from gratitude to acts of kindness to breathing exercises to steps to hydration and keep that promise. You activate that promise. You keep that promise day in and day out. And whenever you're ready, stack another one. So We'll take you as far as you want to go. Go check out the app wherever you download apps or you can visit them online. Keptpromises.com. Keptpromises.com. Seven days, totally free. Give it a shot. One of the pillars of the app is working on your mental health. And we're lucky because BetterHelp has been a sponsor of the I Needed That podcast since day one, man. Since the very first podcast, uh, BetterHelp, the world's largest therapy service, 100% online. It's been a partner to us. And I just want to encourage everybody to grab 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I needed that. You'll find that link in our show notes for today's episode. And then finally, let's talk about Nero Gum and Mints. Yeah, man. I, I absolutely love it. Why? Because it works. I got to tell you what, what really kind of piqued my interest is the fact that it was developed by former athletes and they're used to training at a really high level. And so they didn't want to take a lot of like mysterious supplements or energy drinks and all that, that other good stuff because yeah. they're regulated on that. They can get themselves in a lot of trouble because who knows what's in it. So they've got really clean ingredients. And when it comes to supplements, we're always looking for three main things, purity, potency, and delivery. 
And of course, the delivery is, it's so unique and creative. I mean, it's, it's gum and mints, right? It's just this great, clean burst of energy and focus without the jitters of coffee or energy drinks. Please visit the sponsor link that we've got for you in our show notes. Link to them. Save a little bit of money. Go to trynerogum.com slash I needed that. And now back to the I needed that podcast. We were just talking, so it's funny, Kevin, because Matthew and I were just talking about this before he jumped on. He'll do something where when he's starting to go there, he'll clap as a way to just yeah. kind of wake himself up and get him Shot out of that. That's it. To get him out of that that automatic program that keeps trying to run. Do you do something similar? It's what Dr. Daniel Amen talks about. Ants, A-N-T-S, automatic negative thoughts. If we allow the ants in our life to thrive, we will succumb to it. We will be desperate. We will live in despair and we will be destroyed. But if we reverse those ants, and it's not about positive thinking, but I don't really believe in positive thinking. I believe in changing your thought process over time through hard work. And so two of the things I do every day, because I still live with chronic thoughts of suicide. They plague me. They will never, ever take me because one, I say my thoughts don't have, I find a mirror, any mirror, anywhere. I say my thoughts don't have to become my actions. They can simply be my thoughts. They don't have to own, rule, or define what I do next, period. The next thing I do is I turn to anyone willing to listen. And Matthew and Chris, if you were the only people here, which you are right now as I sit in this hallway at this hotel, if you were the only people here, I would tell you, I would say four simple but very effective words. I need help now. Yes. And Chris and Matthew, what would you do? Help you. What can I do? You to would help do you? everything you can to, you would move heaven and earth to keep me safe. Yes. Okay. Now, now we have to recognize not everybody has a support network. Not everybody has friends they can turn to, but you can re, re, in, in, inverse it to yourself to become your own best advocate. And you can recognize that if I talk to anyone in front of me and say, I need help now, I will not stop saying I need help now until somebody is willing to help me. And by the sheer probability of the number of people you turn to, someone will be willing to answer the call. How do I know that? For 23 years with thousands upon thousands of suicidal ideations, I am, I've stayed right here. I love it. It's so powerful. Somebody told me 10 years ago that the three most powerful words in the English language are, I need help. And almost nobody, unless they're just a monster, would not stop to offer some sort of assistance in, in you know, whatever's going on. So I, I think that's such a brilliant thing to throw out there and keep reminding people. But And here is the thing that I hope that you have to latch on to, which is Kevin has to choose to articulate that thought. That That's yes. something that's on him. He has to be yes. willing to go, I need help now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hard part for people to do, but it's not impossible. It takes practice. It takes practice. And I wasn't, look, I was there. I lived in the silence for so long and it led me to almost lose my life and almost leave, leave my family forever. Do you know what my dad said when, I, when, he, when, he, when he came to the hospital? He said, Kevin, if you would have died, I would have died. Mm. Now I sit here and I think about the 17 people I've lost to suicide, including two of my immediate birth family members. I think there's the seven people I've lost to suicide, 17 people I've lost to suicide in my life. And I cannot go back and change time. I can't do anything about it but I can fight for the rest of my life until I'm no longer physically capable to give back to this world 
through podcasts, through articles, through media, uh, through presentations, uh, through keynotes, through books, through movies. I can work toward creating an ecosystem around me that makes me the person that people now call. That people who love me, who have friends who are suicidal, they call me all the time. People who I went and spoke for, who want their son or daughter to talk to someone with inspiration, they call me. And it's a it's a heavy burden to carry, uh, and 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 it sometimes weighs me down. But I wouldn't trade it for the world, because I have been a part of. I, I have had in in twenty three years of doing this work, I have had hundreds of thousands of people write to me and say this story saved their life. Yes. Now I don't own that. I'm no lifesaver. I'm a conduit. I'm a messenger. I give a message. They go home. They do the work. They save and change their own life. They're the ones that went and told their parents that they were suicidal. They're the ones that went to go to their doctors instead of having this pain. They're the ones that go and tell their peers, I need help now. And when they did that, they got the help they needed and they're alive today. And that's an incredible, beautiful thing. Um, but I will say this. I, I am a messenger and I know where the message comes from. On the day I left off the Golden Gate Bridge, a sea lion came to me, aided me to the surface of the water and kept me afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind me. A sea lion was the only animal to help me that day. Not a human being, a creature that didn't even speak my language, kept me to the surface until the Coast Guard boat arrived, allowing me the ability to sit here and have this conversation with you guys. Hold on a second. Yeah, go ahead, and then I have a question. I was going to say, Kevin, I've... I would love if you could just walk us through moment by moment from the time you're on the bus going to the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, the series of miracles that happened that that happened the moment your hand left the rail. Um, it's it's just mind blowing. Could yeah. you could you just take 10 or 15 minutes and just and I know I want to be respectful of your time, but just walk us through that for Matthew, for our listeners, because it's just it's so insanely powerful. Could you do that for us? On the, on the bus, in the back seat, in the middle row, crying profusely, yelling aloud at the voices I was hearing in my head. I don't want to die. Leave me alone. What did I do for, to you? Why do you hate me so much? I'm a good person. 100 people looking down the barrel of the bus at me, but saying nothing. One man to my left points at me and says to the guy next to him, what the hell's wrong with that kid laughing at my pain? Apathy. There are apathetic people in the world, tragically now more than ever. And um, the bus got to the Golden Gate Bridge parking lot. And I sat there hoping, wishing, and praying the driver would see my pain and say something kind and compassionate. Instead, he stood, he turned, and he said, come on, kid, get off the bus. I got to go. I walked up to him, waterfalls flowing from my eyes, hoping he would see my pain. Instead, he just said, motion for me to get off the bus. I walked down those two steps that felt like 2,000. I walked across the two-mile stretch of walkway. It is the, the ninth wonder of the world, the Golden Gate Bridge, crying like a baby. Bikers, joggers, runners, tourists, patrol officers searching for suicidal people went by me twice. And uh, I found a particular light rail after 40 minutes. A woman approached me asked me to take her picture several times. I did so. She walked away. 
I said to myself, the greatest lie I've ever told. Absolutely no one cares. No one. The furthest thing from the truth, everybody cared. Every member of my family, every one of my friends, my acquaintances would have been there to tear me from that rail of safety to show me just how much they cared. My brain wasn't allowing me to care. She walked away. I said, no one cares. The auditory hallucination in my head said, jump now, and I did. I catapulted my hands over the rail. Millisecond of free fall, instant regret. What have I just done? I don't want to die. God, please save me, are the words I felt in my head as I fell to the, to the waters below. Four-second fall. Hit the water at 15,000 pounds of pressure. Most people die upon impact. Most people's internal organs implode. I went down 40 to 50 feet, opened my eyes. I was drowning. I couldn't get back to the surface. I swam as fast as my arms would take me. I couldn't feel my legs. I had shattered my T12, L1, L2 lower vertebrae into shards. I had sprained my right ankle. I get to the surface. I bob up and down in the water. And I did the one thing I have had control over since kindergarten. I prayed. God, please save me. I don't want to die. God, please save me. I don't want to die. I made a mistake. On repeat, and he heard me. A woman driving by in a red car at the moment of my attempt saw me go over the rail, called her friend from the Coast Guard, who happened to be man in the waters that day. And that's how they got to me in time before I would set in hypothermia and drown. Before the Coast Guard board arrived, I was drowning. I kept going down in the water. I couldn't get back to the surface. Something began circling beneath me. I thought it was a shark. I was panicking, punching it. It wouldn't go away. This creature circled beneath me, bumping me up. I was no longer wading or treading in the water. I'm lying on top of my back being kept buoyant by this creature, thinking this is one heck of a nice shark. Turns out it was, in fact, a sea lion. Witnesses later on recounted that to the Coast Guard office when they gave their testimony of what happened. One man's letter got to me after a TV show interview I did. This man named Morgan wrote to me. I'll never forget it. He said, Kevin, I'm so very glad you're alive. I was standing less than two feet away from you when you jumped. Until this day watching this show, no one would tell me whether you lived or died. It's haunted me until right now. By the way, Kevin, there was no shark like you mentioned you thought there was on the show. But there absolutely was a sea lion. And the people above looking down believed to be keeping your body afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind you. Now you can call that whatever you want. But those are my miracles. And I get to be here. And I think appreciating the, the what, what I want to impart on people especially people in, in a great amount of lethal emotional pain for whatever reason, trauma, abuse, neglect, uh, domestic disputes, whatever the issue is. If you choose to believe you can survive your pain, then you always will. If you choose. If you believe that you are grateful for this existence. We have a one in four trillionth of a chance to be birthed into this world. One in four hundred trillionth of a chance to simply exist. We were never meant to die by our hands. We were meant to thrive despite the pain. That can be taught. That can be learned. And I'm teaching it around the world. So, What I'm thinking about right now is how many of us have been lucky enough to have a sea lion, to be metaphorical here, in our lives that has kept us afloat 
and kept us going until somebody else could show up and really truly like, you know, rescue us and, and take us out of the water, so to speak. I mean, there's so yeah. many, there's so many parallels to your story in people's lives and, and the amount of pain that people are in and, you know, all of the folks that are thinking about taking their own lives. And it's, it's, to me, it's this incredible opportunity to sit here and do something you talk a lot about, Chris, which is to practice gratitude. How many people have been in your life supporting you, have been keeping yeah. you afloat? Yeah. I mean, today's a great opportunity to be like thankful for the sea lions in your life. Yeah. yeah. To hold to hold gratitude inside your pain. Yeah. I think is one of the greatest gifts of this life. Uh, we've all we, we're we're all going to experience pain, but if you can hold gratitude inside it, you can survive it because you understand that there's a purpose to the pain. And, 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 and that maybe you went through something like that so that you could help somebody else who's going through it now. We say it all the time. That's it. We say it all the time on this podcast. The only reason you went through this crap is so that you can help somebody else when it's their turn. There's no doubt. We have a soul and singular purpose on this planet. And that purpose is to give back Mm -hmm. to those we know, those we love, those we don't know from Adam. And yes, those we don't even like what we are not meant to do on earth is hurt or damage each other with our words or our actions. And if more people understood that we'd have a better world. Yes. Do you feel one of the things I'm thinking about Kevin and I wonder is has the fact that you were saved and all these miracles took place, has that ever sort of weighed on you? And have you ever had these moments where you're like, man, why did there have to be the sea line? Or why did the Coast Guard? Or why this? Has that ever felt heavy on you that, you know, all these things came together to, to keep you around? Or is that it, just the answer to the prayer and that's the end of the yeah, story? It never felt heavy. Um, it, 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 I felt so thankful. Yeah. And, uh, and so appreciative and so grateful that, that, that of all the people that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge in the last 100 years, I get, I, I'm here. Yeah. Every day is a blessing. Every day is a gift, no matter how much pain I'm in. And, and guys, I'm in a lot of physical pain from what I did. You know, It's hard to even work out anymore because the pain has gotten so bad. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I need no pity. I did that to myself and I have to take responsibility for my actions. And, and the other thing is I'm glad I have to feel the pain because it reminds me that I'm alive, that I'm here. Um, what I will say is this, I'm very sad and very broken for all the families and loved ones I know who lost their loved ones to the Golden Gate Bridge and to suicide in general. Um, because they look at me and they go, why did you get to live and my son died? You know, and, and I'll tell you this, we have fought, my father founded the Bridge Rail Foundation with Paul Muller and Dave Hall. Founding board members Dana Whitmer and Ken Holmes, the former in Corner. Um, we founded the Bridge Rail Foundation. I was a founding board member. And we fought for the last 23 years to raise a net at the Golden Gate Bridge to stop right. the suicides there. Yeah. That net is being completed by the end of this month, maybe even in a few days. Wow. Um, and as of that day, very few people will ever again die off the Golden Gate Bridge, if, if any. And – you know, people keep saying, oh, you know, um, 
that costs so much money. It costs more than the bridge would have been to make. Why would you spend that much money on that? Why don't you put the money toward mental health? These were highway and transportation funds that we fought for. You didn't fight for them. Why are you bitching about the money? It's not up to you. We fought for those funds for 20 years. We got them. Here they are. We're going to put this to stopping a, 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 a public health crisis of our time. Absolutely. And when you, when you reduce access to lethal means, you save lives. Reduction of access to lethal means is one of the only empirically proven ways to stop suicides. And if I'm not mistaken, you would know more than I would, Kevin, but there, for, for 50 years or more, people have been fighting to get a net on the Golden Gate Bridge, and they have fought it tooth and nail because of the aesthetics, the cost, yep. all of the cost, things. Everything. The, the, fight actually started, the fight actually started six months after the first suicide, 1937. And the right. Right. Wow. So I've the heard bridge, this story before. The, the, the bridge, yeah, the bridge, put, the bridge patrol of that, the bridge patrol of that era fought to raise the rail. It failed. Seven fights, six fights after that. So seven fights total failed. The eighth fight, which was founded by my dad because of what I did, was successful. And and we didn't give up. And, and that just goes to show you a small group of like-minded people can come together and achieve a goal if they so believe in themselves and if they never give up and never give in. We were tormented by the bridge district authority who owns and run the bridge. They were apathetic to our cause. A lot of them, not all of them. Uh, they eventually turned to our side. It took a long time and a long effort, 23 years of, 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 of action. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful that they finally came to their senses and that they're doing the right thing. Uh, but let's be honest, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their own heart. They're doing it because we forced their hand. But that's for another day. We're making a film right now called The Net about the 90-year story of raising the net at the Golden Gate Bridge uh, and the 90-year effort of people to fight to stop suicides there and the fact that we're almost there. Wow. Good on you and your team for never giving up, for being consistent with that. And think about the thousands of lives it's going to save over the next 100 years. I mean, it's it's incredible, man. Like, seriously, you are doing... Like the work that you're doing is, you know, this is so much bigger than you. And it's just, it's incredible the impact that you're making in the world and the lives that you're saving. It's truly incredible, Kevin. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What? So, well, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you, no, no. You. So how, and, and I, I know like your, your message and, and you, you've had the opportunity, I mean, you've, you've got a book a movie coming out now, podcasts, everything real quick. Um, where can people find your book as well? Like, yeah. So really, really easy. Just go to my Instagram channel, uh, at Kevin Hines story. It's right there on the screen at Kevin Hines story. Uh, go to the link in bio. All of my resources are right there for everyone. Uh, my books, my documentary, uh, it's, it's all right there. Take it. It's yours. Um, and, and utilize it. There's a, a YouTube channel I have, youtube.com slash Kevin Hines, 800 plus videos, all designed to better your brain health and change your life. People write in from all over the world saying these videos saved my life. Let these videos affect you in a positive way and change your perspective. 
Awesome, dude. Thank que- you. Yeah, the question that I wanted to ask is uh, there, there's often a big gap between that first suicidal idea, uh, ideation and thought to the actual moment where, where people want to go there. And so I really want to take this opportunity with you, Kevin, to talk to those folks who are just starting to have those ideations. And, okay. and, and that thought of like, well, maybe this world will be better without me. Those are, those are thoughts that are starting to infiltrate their, their mind right now and their thoughts that they're having what's a good thing for that particular group of people to hear who are in in the infancy stages of starting to flirt with that idea okay let me be abundantly clear right now yes suicidal ideations are the greatest liars you know you don't have to listen to them suicide is is not the solution to your problem it is the problem finally suicide does not take the pain away it only makes it impossible for things to ever get better. Hard work, energy, time, effort equals hope, healing, and recovery. You can do this. I believe in you. We believe in you. Keep going. What does your continued mental health journey look like now? Do you, do you see a therapist on a regular basis? I haven't seen a therapist in a while because my therapist is now my wife. So I tell, I, I tell, <laughs> oh, hold on. How did that happen? That's a way to get uh, the rate down. There's another story here to be told. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. I, I tell my wife everything and, and we, we get through everything together and it's wonderful. She's my best friend in my rock. I met her in my third psych ward stay. She was visiting her cousin who was there for drug use. I was obviously a patient. Uh, it was love at first sight for me. It took her a while, <laughs> but we're but we're now we're now twenty years together, seventeen years married, going on eighteen coming up, and uh, it's been amazing. Uh, but but uh, but I'll tell you, uh, I I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, what is your mental health yeah, journey looking like right now? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So so um, I exercise most days for twenty three minutes a day because twenty three minutes of exercise leads to twelve hours of better mood, better brain health. Uh, I eat anti-inflammatory foods as much as I can. Not every day, not all the time, but as much as I can. I educate myself. I read every Google alert on bipolar depression, suicide prevention, mental health, and wellness in the workplace. I get those Google alerts. I digest them every Friday or every two Fridays. And I take that knowledge in. And whatever new, reputable, powerful treatments for bipolar depression – I opt them into my mental health emergency plan. So I have this huge mental health emergency plan. It's about a 10-step plan and a regimen of routine that I follow to the best of my ability. I sometimes fall off a little bit. I'm not perfect on it. I'm not 100% disciplined. I'm working on getting back there. And and I, I will tell you that the more disciplined I am with my regimen routine, the better I am. And I'll tell you this. Uh, people don't understand that live with diagnosed mental health issues and brain health issues is that the more regimen and routine your lifestyle, the better off you're going to feel mentally. Uh, it's just about keeping everything within a time schedule and you can break it up between like wake up between these two hours in the morning, go to bed between these two hours at night. It doesn't have to be a finite time period. It can be a two hour window that you do everything in your life and you batch your work and you have your meals and your snacks at the same time. Um, and you have your therapy. If you're having that at the same time, you have your work meetings at the same time. You basically routine, routine your life and cut out all the regretful things. If you regret the the drunk night you had the night before, it's time to get that out of your life. Uh, Wes Watson said that the the best. He said, if there's any regrets you have in your life, 
delete them from your existence, however hard that might be, because they're just going to make it's just that uh, progress is just going to make your life so much better. Mm, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Man, Kevin, yeah. thank you so much for just your story and your words today. Uh, it is not very often. I've been interviewing people for almost 30 years, and it is so rare that somebody renders me speechless. And today I really just found myself in a place of listening and wanting to understand and know more and uh, that 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 part's on you, man. So we really appreciate you and your time. Thank you guys so Thank much. You. That means the world. You have no idea. That means the world. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, brother. All Thank right. you. Listen, and go. What now? Like, what is Kevin's day? What does the rest of Kevin's Monday look like? The rest of the day is I, I I'm here in LA. I'm going to head out to Orange County uh, to go uh, to go be on another, uh, another podcast. Yeah, good. Uh, a really great one, the Hope Hopeholics podcast. Which I'm really excited about. And then, uh, and then I'm meeting my wife for a, a business meeting with our business partners. Beautiful. Fantastic. Tell her I said hello. I promise I will. You awesome. bet. Awesome. All right, man. And then, and then I'm going to come to Arizona to see you two, and we'll break break some bread. We'll let's break go. bread. Let's do. We'll bre- let's do more than that. We'll break some gluten free bread. Yeah, right. there you go. <laughs> and and we'll work out for 23 minutes. I, you we'll you had me at workout for 23 minutes. I, I got to catch it. up to you, Chris. All right, I'll see you guys. <laughs> I love it. All right, have a Take great care, day, my man. friend. Peace and love. Wow, 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 brother. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm the, the the moment he started talking, I just thought, oh man, I everybody needs to hear this. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what's happening in my own head right now. Right? Yeah, like I think almost me and almost everybody listening is going to have to take 20 or 30 minutes after listening to this podcast and we just we're going to need time to process what we just experienced for sure. And I I'm actually going to go back into the into all of the different points that he gave because the thing is he gave incredible tactics. Uh, but he, there was it was so automatic because he's ingrained that in his mind. You can tell he practices this every single day of like how to identify those negative thoughts and what to turn them into. I forgot all the points that he said, but I need to go back through and just make notes and just write them up on a board so I can identify like those, those automatic negative thoughts and then turn them into what they need to be. I mean, but he, he did that several different times. There were probably five or six like real actionable takeaways that I need to go back through and actually write them down. For me, it's something that I come back to a lot. It's so dangerous to compare our experiences. It's so dangerous. But, 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 there might be some value in offering ourselves perspective. Mm. And when you hear a story like, I grew up in a crack motel, my gut's broken, my brother who I hoped I would be adopted into a new family with died. Right. Like how, how, how can any rational human being take a step, not take a step back from that and go, okay, let me examine my own life. All right. Like what was my experience like growing up? It was shit. It wasn't anything like that. Yeah. It was hard. And I had my own set of dings and experiences, but my God, it was nothing like what he just described. Oh yeah. I mean, and then now you have some perspective for sure. And, and then, you know, he talks about his suicidal ideations then, and you go back to what that upbringing must've been like. And so he starts playing that story and, and I'll be totally transparent here. You put yourself in that position. You go, well, I, I, 
I can understand that. I can oh, understand. For sure, you can. You know, he's living th- from foster home to foster home. So it's. I mean, what kid wouldn't play that program? Nobody loves me. Right. I'm not lovable. The abandonment. Stuff, I'm not right. good enough. Neglect and abandonment and all these different things. And it's just like, how could you not start to wear that as an identity? And for him to then obviously take the most drastic, try to th- what he thought was a solution, which is not the solution at all. In fact, it only makes things worse, and you'll never solve the problem. Things can't get better when you do that. But for him to turn it all around after that and now to share this message, it's just powerful. I'm speechless. I'm not joking, man. I literally don't know what to say or how to wrap this other than to say we all just were invited to be a part of something incredibly special, and we got to hear insane words of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, and we 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 have no choice but to be better after this moment. I think I couldn't have said it better. Right. And now the thing is, there is so much information, valuable information that we can apply to all of our lives. It's on us to do something about it. And we, and we can. And we can do something about it. And so if, if you, by the way, if you are struggling, first of all, I, I am going to beg you to reach out to the suicide hotline. I need help. Now. I need help now. Reach out. He talked to reach, reach out to someone who can empathize, talk to somebody. And also please reach out to the suicide hotline. It's there for you. So if, if you're there and you've been having these thoughts for quite some time, please like we, we need you here. All right, everyone. Thank you so very much for being a part of our, I needed that podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Don't forget to follow the YouTube channel. Some really cool and exciting things happening here in 2024 for our podcast. And we're just more than excited that you're along for the journey. All right, man. Listen, have a great day, Chris. You as well, my friend and everyone listening guys, make it an incredible day, an amazing week. And uh, we'll see you again next week.